Welcome to the Confident Money Podcast, where we talk money, finances, and accounting for real people without all the technical jargon, patronizing, and gatekeeping. I'm your host, Caitlin Magnuson, and I'm going to be your new finance bestie. How to make taxes less stressful. This episode is one that most of you are probably going to see the title, roll your eyes, and hopefully listen to because we are going to go over how to make taxes simpler, but also why you shouldn't just be thinking about taxes during tax season. And for those of you, you know, listening to this, I I did air quotes around that because depending on who you are, tax season might be year round. (laughs) Okay. So as always, thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe, you leave a comment, a review, you know, follow me on Instagram at Caitlin period Magnuson, because there is, there's just so much content that I put out year round, but especially during tax season that you need to be paying attention to if you're a business owner in the U S. So number one, let's chat about quarterly estimated taxes, which is probably the biggest question I get when it comes to taxes. Do I need to be paying quarterly estimated taxes? And what are they quarterly estimated taxes are simply taxes paid in quarterly installments. However, they're not actually paid every three months, which would be, you know, once a quarter. So the first one is due April 15th. Then two months later, June 15th, three months later on September 15th, and then four months later, January 15th of the following year. Now, if you have state income taxes, these may vary. Most of the states that have income taxes follow the IRS's schedule, which is the schedule I just laid out. There are a few that'll be, you know, May 1st instead of April 15th. So make sure you're looking at that. Now, quarterly estimated taxes are just another way to pay taxes that you owe. So essentially the IRS says, Hey, if you owed more than a thousand dollars last year, you should be paying quarterly estimated taxes. And for most States, it's somewhere between if you owed five to $600, you should be paying quarterly estimated taxes. And essentially that is so a, depending on how you look at it, the IRS or the tax authority is able to get your tax money in a more timely manner throughout the year, but also, and I like you to look at it this way it allows you to not have a massive tax bill at the end of the year. So you're able to chip away at it instead of going, oh shit, I owe six grand or 11 grand in April and having to do a payment plan or some other, you know, credit card, PayPal, et cetera, which none of those are great options. So quarterlies simply break it up. Now I also get asked, what if I overpay on my quarterlies? It's great you get your money back at the end of the year. Same thing with, if you pay too little, you still owe money at the end of the year. Like it all just goes towards that big bucket. And if you overflow the bucket, money comes back. If you underfill the bucket, you need to finish filling it. And again, the bucket, this is a weird, we're going to go with it. Um, but the bucket is your tax bill essentially. Now, if you do not pay quarterlies and you are supposed to, you can have underpayment penalties and interest. These underpayment penalties and interest are generally quite small. I can't give you a flat, you know, what it would look like for you. But for example, I had a client last year that owed about $3,000 
and they had $75 in underpayment penalties. For some people, having that money on hand and being able to pay later or potentially apply for an installment plan is better for them, especially having gone through or being in a pandemic. Having cash on hand can be a better option because you can't get that money back from the IRS until you've filed your tax return. And if you haven't overpaid, you're not getting any money back. Whereas if you were to pay no quarterly estimates throughout the year, and then you were to owe, let's say $10,000, you can apply for an installment payment plan with the IRS for whatever you can't pay at that time. You'll still need to pay interest. You'll still end up paying underpayment penalties, but if it's, you know, rent or taxes, pay your rent. So this way you can make an educated decision on what you're choosing to do. Now, I really like taking a hybrid approach and I recommend that a lot of my clients do this, but it depends on their, you know, personal circumstances. I have some clients that are like, I don't care. I want to overpay. I don't want to have to think about it. I want to know I'm getting money back. Totally fine. They do that accordingly. They pay their estimates regularly. I have other clients that would rather have an idea of what they're going to owe, but they'd keep that money on hand and they keep it earmarked because things are volatile. Business has been a little bit interesting. The world has been a very rapidly changing place, especially economically. And so to them, having that there feels really good. And then I have some clients that will do a little bit in between. Maybe they'll pay about half of what they think they're going to owe, reducing penalties, you know, making sure they're chipping away at it, but they'll still keep some of that money set aside in savings at the end of the year, should something pop up. That's essentially their backup, backup emergency savings, right? So doing what's right for you here is definitely what I recommend. And again, I am not your tax preparer unless I am. If you want me and or our team to be your tax preparer and give you individualized advice, you are always welcome to reach out via Instagram to work with us as a client or on a consult. So this is general information meant for educational purposes only. I want to be really clear. Make sure you talk to your own accountant about what you should be doing to make the decision that's best for you. Now, here's where shit gets crazy. So the IRS is slowly, slowly changing, but I want you to understand the IRS is essentially based around a 1950s business setup. So the IRS says, Hey, if you owed like whatever you owed last year, you need to pay that much in estimated taxes this year. Now, if you had a day job, if you had a spouse that had a day job, if you were paying into taxes in any other way throughout the year, the year before, I need you to understand that you need to look on your taxes. I want to say it's like line 17, maybe somewhere around there on your 1040. And it'll say what your total taxes were. That's not the same number that you necessarily owed or the same number you got refunded, but it's the amount of tax that you paid or needed to pay for that calendar year. The IRS says, hey, you need to pay quarterly estimated taxes that are equal to that amount next year. Cool. So we're going to say $10,000 because it's a round number, right? You owed $10,000 in taxes for last year. So if you get those little vouchers from your accountant or from TurboTax or H&R Block, that's all they're going to do. They're going to take that number. They're going to divide it by four. They're going to print the little vouchers out for you. And they're going to say, you need to send a check-in. Number one, you don't need to send a check-in. Go to IRS direct pay. You can pay through the IRS's website. Takes a matter of minutes and it's amazing. 
You pay as an individual, you pay using your social security number because like we talked about in an earlier episode, your business does not have income taxes. All of that profit, we're gonna use a bucket again, trickles through into your personal bucket and that is what you actually pay taxes on. So you say you're an individual, you are not doing business taxes and you are not using an EIN. Individual, social security number, put in the amount that you wanna pay, put that it's for estimated taxes and for what year. Simple as that. Now, there are a couple states where they may charge you like a credit card fee or they may be funky. So look at your state, decide if it's worth paying the fee or if it's worth getting some checks from you know Vistaprint or someone else um, so that you can take care of those going forward. But what you need to understand is that that only takes into consideration your income and your tax situation from the prior year. Now, I have experienced this and I have seen business owners myself experience this. You don't necessarily grow just a little bit each year. You can grow leaps and bounds, or you can have a a big drop in your sales with the pandemic. You know, we've seen all sorts of things happen. So what I want you to do, I want you to understand that just because you're paying quarterly estimated taxes does not mean that you won't still owe taxes at the end of the year or that you won't get a refund at the end of the year because you've overpaid. All it means is you are avoiding any underpayment penalties from the IRS because you weren't paying your taxes in installments throughout the year. That's all it avoids. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe and join our community at confidentmoneypodcast.com where we share resources and all of the money happenings. Plus you can send feedback and suggestions for what you'd like to see covered in future episodes. That's confidentmoneypodcast.com. Okay, back to the show. If your income doubles and you actually owe, we'll just say $22,000 and you've paid 10,000, it means you're going to owe $12,000. That's the difference between 22 and 10. If your income has dropped and you pay $10,000, that means you're going to get back whatever the difference is. Let's say you only owed eight, you'll get $2,000 back. However, a lot of clients, if they have their income drop, may not have the income to keep making quarterly estimated taxes on a low income year. So I really recommend using a tax calculator. We have one in the course, get your finance shit together, self-study course, so that you can put your information in. You can put, if you have a partner or a spouse, if you have children, what you've made in day job income, if you have that, what you've paid in taxes, what you've made in self-employment income and anything you've paid towards taxes. And it will forecast what you're going to owe. So just understand that paying quarterly estimated taxes does not mean that you will not owe at the end of the year. Okay. Now that we understand what quarterlies are, quarterlies essentially just as another tidbit, replace your payroll taxes. So throughout the year, you're paying, like if you had a day job, you're paying taxes out of every check. Quarterlies just mean that instead of paying every paycheck, you're paying every quarter instead of every paycheck. So it's just helping chip away at that tax bill at the end of the year. Now, with all of this, you need to understand why you don't need to be paying attention to this just during tax time, just during when quarterly estimates are due. I cannot tell you how many people, especially at the end of the year, I've already been fielding the questions, go, Hey, should I buy XYZ to reduce my taxes? Hey, should I buy this? Hey, should I contribute to charity? Hey, should I do this to decrease my taxes? The majority of the business owners that I work with 
are in the 12 to 24% tax bracket. What that means is if they've spent $100 on a business expense, it will save them $24 on taxes. We're going to say they're in the 24th percent just to make it easier. That still means that they're spending $76 because the 100 that they spent minus the 24 that they're saving in taxes, $76 has still left their account. So if it's a higher income year, like say maybe they're planning to quit a day job this year. I actually have a client that's doing this. I have a client that's planning to quit a day job. So we expect her to be in a lower tax bracket next year. She has some equipment or some computers she was planning to buy anyways. She asked if she should wait or if she should buy them before the end of the year. She has the cash on hand. I recommended that she buy them in this year because she's going to get a bigger discount on them, a bigger tax break than she would next year because she'll be in a lower tax bracket. However, I never recommend buying things for the sake of saving money on taxes because at the end of the day, you are still spending more money than you're saving. It would be better if you didn't need that thing for $100 to keep the $100 as profit, pay the $24 in taxes and still have $76 more in your account. And obviously this, you know, it could be $760 if this was a thousand dollar example, like it gets bigger and bigger, the more money you're looking to spend. The only exception is when it comes to retirement, self-employed IRAs. So SEPs, traditional IRAs, simple IRAs, pre-tax 401ks, if you have one or an I-401k, if you have one, all of those will give you the same savings or very similar savings on your taxes, and you're still spending that $76 in our example before, but that $76 is being spent on future you because that you're putting hundred dollars into, let's say a SEP IRA. It's saving you $24 on taxes, but that money, while it's still not in your hands right now, has been paid to yourself in the future. So it's the same tax savings or like I said, very similar, but it goes to you instead of being spent elsewhere. That is not to say that if you do not have legitimate needs or wants for your business, that you should not be purchasing them before the end of the year. It just means to think about them wisely and to not be spending money for the tax write-offs. Um, it feels very much like David from Schitt's Creek, you know, the tax people, it's a tax write-off. It's a write-off. Yeah. But a write-off doesn't mean that like, it means you get to deduct it. It doesn't mean that it's like a dollar for dollar reduction on your taxes. So pay attention to that. Now, why you need to be paying attention the rest of the year for taxes and not just during tax time. We have had probably 20 clients this year make S-Corp elections. They're LLCs or they're sole proprietors that have become LLCs with an S-Corp election. They, if they weren't paying attention to their income and they weren't either working with us or doing their bookkeeping or up to speed on it, there's only so much you can do after the tax year closes to save them money on taxes. And that is the other reason that I really recommend 
whether it's with us and our team or a trusted tax professional that you work with, you should be having a consult with them once or twice a year outside of the tax season. And that is to go over where your income is, where your profit is. Are there any blind spots that you're not aware of that you have? Is the type of organization or entity or tax classification that you are the right type for you where you are? Should you be running payroll? Is the retirement plan that you have set up, if you have one set up, the right plan for you? Are you going to have employees? Does that retirement plan need to change? All of these are things that A, are much easier and sometimes possible to do in the middle of the year versus trying to do them after the year has closed. Some of these things you can't do after the end of the year. So paying attention to your taxes all year long, and that includes what are you missing? What deductions are you not aware of? Are you claiming fraudulent expenses or expenses that aren't legitimate write-offs? Because the IRS says that they need to be necessary and ordinary for businesses in your industry. Necessary and ordinary. Leaves a lot of wiggle room. Good and bad wiggle room. And you need to be confident that what you are claiming is a legitimate write-off that it has receipts or documentations to back it up. And that if you were to be audited, you would feel confident that what you've claimed is legitimate. I don't want you looking over your shoulder. I don't want you second guessing. I don't want you wondering, did I claim everything? And worse yet, did I forget anything? Did I spend money that absolutely could have been deductions or write-offs? And Chances are, if you don't have an accounting software set up or a good system set up, you're most likely leaving deductions on the table. You're most likely getting to the end of the year and there's things that you've missed, or you don't know what that Amazon purchase was, or that Target purchase was, or that Best Buy purchase was. And in good faith, you can't claim it because you don't know if it was business or personal. Whereas if you have a system or you have accounting software set up, you know, because you're able to do it as you go through the year, you get to the end of the year. And you know that you've categorized things correctly because there are some different taxabilities between different categories. There's certain things you can deduct fully and certain things that you can't, or you can deduct part of. You know that they're all business expenses. And if they're not, they have been taken out of there as a personal expense. And you know that you're not missing anything. And that's exactly what we teach in Get Your Finance Shit Together, my self-study course, and what you need to understand whether you're going to do your books yourself, whether you're going to outsource them to someone else eventually, whether you're going to maybe hire a VA to help with a lot of your day-to-day bookkeeping. All of those are really great options, but you as a business owner, as the person primarily invested in all of this, you need to understand how things work, how things are categorized, because this is your money. This is your livelihood. This is your taxes. This is your ass on the line and you need to have a working knowledge of how all of these pieces fit together for your best good and for your business's best good. If you loved this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free financial strategy session with yours truly, Caitlin Magnuson. We do the drawing the first week of every month and to be eligible, you'll want to leave a five-star review and include your IG handle so we can contact the winner. I'll see you next time where we'll chat real finances for real people.